Ah, it is Father's Day. And um, we've already done this a little earlier, but I just I want to kind of say it again. We want to honor fathers in our midst because there is such an attack in the world out there against fatherhood um, and just not understanding the impact of fatherlessness on a generation. And um, fathers need to be honored because fathers impart strength. And when you take the fathers out of a society, a whole lot of things go wrong. Um, all the police statistics will even tell you that. You don't actually even need to go to the Bible to, go to, to find that out, though it's absolutely clear. And at the end of Malachi, it says yeah, that the last prophetic word of the Old Testament for foreshadowing the coming of the Messiah, um, the prophetic word says that he'll turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and he'll turn the hearts of the children toward the fathers. And after that, it's lest the land be struck with a curse. In other words, fatherlessness brings a curse on a land and on a generation. But when God works, he wants, he wants to deal with the orphanitis. He wants to turn the hearts of the children toward the fathers. That, 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 that's a thing of honor. And he wants to turn the hearts of the fathers toward the children. And that is when stuff happens. That, that is when real healing starts to happen. If you have a Bible there, if you want to open to Mark chapter 1, I don't have a lot to say today, believe it or not. <laughs> I know that's... But uh, <laughs> that wasn't a dad joke. But I do want to make it count. Because all of us, as we come into Father's Day, have different experiences of dadhood. For some, the Father's voice in our life is an absent voice. As in, I'm talking the voice of our earthly dads. For some, it's an absent voice. For some, it's a present voice, but it's not a good one. It's not a happy voice. It's not an encouraging voice. Um, it's a shaming voice. It's a disappointed voice. And for some... It is a loving and a nurturing voice. Um, and if that's, that's your inheritance, then you are blessed beyond measure. Absolutely. But I want us to stop and just pause for a moment and think about the father voices in your world. And whether that be the voice of your earthly dad, whether that be the voice of male authority figures in your life, because they do, they, they do be like father figures. And whether that's in the natural or whether that's spiritual fathers in our life or the absence thereof, I want you to just take a moment and think about and reflect on what is the momentum of the father voices in your world? And as I said, you may say that momentum is actually a void. It's actually not a voice. But what, has, what, what have father voices sowed into your life? For some, it has sowed strength. It has sowed joy. And it's, it's sowed a deep sense that I'm welcome and I, and I have a place of belonging. I'd love to say that was the majority, um, but, but typically it isn't. What, has the, what have father voices in your world left you believing about you and your value and worth.
And for some, it's just it's a big question mark. For some, when, when we've had a dad that was, that was physically present but emotionally absent, it just leaves a great big question mark. And often as kids, we do all sorts of things to try and you know, grab their attention, uh, to, to try and grab their love because every single child is born to connect deeply with their mum and their dad. And both of them bring a different part of the character and nature of God. Both voices are, are, are deeply, deeply important because they bring a different part of the character and nature of God. But when that father voice is absent, in particular, there is this void of genuine, authentic strength that says, whatever the world throws at me, I have what it takes. I have the resources within me. And it ultimately comes because, well, my dad believes in me. It's one of the most important earthly voices you'll ever have. And if that voice, you know, I've often said to people both in the corporate space and in the church, uh, church space that if, if your dad didn't regularly look you in the eye, whether you're a guy or a girl, if he didn't regularly look you in the eye and tell you how much he loved you, how much you belong, how much he believes in you, how much he loves having you in his space, then you've missed a core part of what strength is about. You've missed a key part, a key voice in your life that is meant to form you and shape you into the person God created you to be. The good news is, if you haven't had that voice, there's a higher one. And I want us to just take a moment to understand what is the nature, the flavor, the aroma of that voice, of our heavenly daddy. I said Mark chapter 1. And I really like Mark's account of, of this story. It's a very well-known story um, of the baptism of Jesus. And um, verse 9 of Mark chapter 1. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, if you want to know where the Father's voice starts in our life, it's right there. See, Jesus hadn't done a scrap of ministry yet. He hadn't healed anyone. He hadn't taught anyone. He, he just, he, he hadn't, other than one little bit that we know around the age of 12, where he bamboozled um, the, the religious teachers of the day, we, he, he's basically been about his earthly father's business as a carpenter in his father's, in his father's business. Before he actually stepped into the fullness of his destiny to save the world, before he had done anything worthy of a, Dude, you did awesome. Well done. The Father's voice came to him. And the reason I love Mark's account is it's the only account that's, that really says it like this. And it says, verse 10, Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. He saw heaven being torn open. It wasn't just this kind of... Um, 
reverent, mystical experience of, um, and the dove landed, and <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't that. The best way, when it says, where the heavens are torn open as Jesus came up out of the water, the Father in heaven could not help himself. He gets up off his throne, rips the heavens open and yells out, that is my boy. The voice of utter, utter delight. Heaven was torn open because dad was so filled with delight he couldn't keep it to himself. But this wasn't the voice in response to him doing something. You know, we all have memories of, um, you know, key moments in our life or, you know, in particular where there are key moments where your dad was proud of you. And I, I, there's one of them that um, may seem small and insignificant because it was on a cricket field. Um, but, of course, in my family, that's a massive deal. It's very important. It is the game that will be played in heaven. Um, so, you know, if you don't like it, there will be ministry after um, just to bring you into alignment with the heaven and the kingdom of God and the, the will of God for your life. Um, is someone saying move on? Did I? Yeah, I'm getting heckled. Um, but I remember, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bless you, Jonathan. For your name shall be called Jonathan and you are greatly blessed and favoured and I don't know, I'm just making stuff. Moving on now. <laughs> and uh, I remember I was batting at the time and... Um, the bowler came in and I got this massive rush of blood and I smacked this shot right over long on, smacked it down for four, really seriously annoyed the bowler because there's nothing like a quick bowler hates than the ball being smacked back over his head. Now, of course, knowing a fast bowler, when a fast bowler gets angry, if you know cricket, what do they bowl next? Bouncer, right at the head. Of course, I was ready for this because I knew that he was hot-headed and this is exactly what he was going to do. So I stepped inside it, boom, hooked it, four more. And I remember at the moment I connect with it, I heard my dad's voice go, good boy. And now it's, it's just one of those ones that stuck um, just because it was like my dad and I had practiced this that many times at getting inside the short ball and, you know, sending it where it belongs. Um, and it was just this moment, of course, in a cricket-loving family where my dad's kind of pride welled up and he couldn't help but yell it out. That was my dad. If you knew my dad, you would understand that. There were many more of those, but... Um, but that, 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 that was one in particular. They leave an impact on you. Um, they, they, they touch a place that nothing else can, can really touch. I could kind of go through moment after moment, but it's kind of not about my story. I want to read this, um, this moment to you from the Passion Translation. I love the way Brian Simmons says this. So it says, the moment Jesus rose up out of the water, John saw the heavenly realm split open and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him. At the same time, a voice spoke from heaven. Now listen to this. You're my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. See, the voice that I heard, that proud moment was in response to me doing something. Yeah, you know, it's something that we'd practiced, you know, time and time again in the backyard. We'd practiced it in the nets and I nailed it in that particular time. There were plenty of other times I didn't, but we won't talk about them right now. But I happened to nail it and it was the response to I'd done something. I'd, I'd you know, if you like, I'd been obedient to the voice of the Father in the nets and I'd sent that thing to the boundary where it belongs. But this voice was different. 
it had the same flavor, but it wasn't the result of Jesus doing anything. It came before he did anything. And it's the most important voice we can hear. In other words, this is the voice we perform out of, not perform for. This is the voice that comes because of who he is, not because of what you have done. This is not the voice of well done performer. <laughs> You've done a good thing. You've achieved something. This is the heart of a father looking at his son and going, oh my gosh, you are my absolute delight. I will never forget, forget the moment each of my three kids was born. And um, that feeling of, I had no idea I had this much love in my heart for anything. I, I, it's like, you see this thing before it has done a single thing. And it's like it, you love so much it hurts. And those of you who are parents know exactly what I'm talking about. It is, it is this indescribable feeling of utter delight. And if that's how I, as an imperfect father, feel about these children of mine I'm not a better father than he is and you know what I reckon my, my fullest most amazing expression of love me at my best being a loving dad doesn't even clo come close to God at his worst And he just looks at you whether, you, whether you've had a great day, whether you've had a lousy day, whether you haven't even managed to get out of bed. He just looks at you just like us as parents have looked at our kids and gone, oh my gosh, you're an utter delight. Like I do not have the words to describe the love I have in my heart for you. And, you know, I remember you know, when Daniel was coming along, I'm like, could I ever love another kid like I love, you know, as much as I love Josh? And then he comes along and all of a sudden you've got a whole lot more of it. Where that came from? You're like, where did that come from? And it's like, surely after two, there can't be any more. And then number three comes and you're just blown away all over again, messed up all over again and just going, oh my gosh, what a delight. I'm not a better father than he is. He and he loves so perfectly. He's unoffendable. He doesn't get tired and grumpy like this little black duck might. He doesn't get preoccupied and busy. He doesn't go away on business trips all the time. And one of one of his greatest promises is I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. In other words, I will, never, I will never not be present. And when he is present, he's not just physically present, he's emotionally present. I will never not be emotionally present with you. But he also says, I will never forsake you. And I will not leave you unprotected. I will not leave you unresourced. 
I'm not going to be the one that goes, whoa, good luck with that. I'll be there. And I will always be active in your life. That is the kind of dad that he is. So no matter what the momentum of your father voices are in your life, there's one that trumps them all, and I want us all to hear it today, regardless of whether you feel like you deserve it or not. It isn't the point, because the voice comes completely separate to anything that we deserve and says, you are my beloved child. In you I am well pleased. My delight is in you. I want us to stop for just a moment. And I'll get the worship team to come back up and join me. And I just want you to stop and still your heart. Just stop and still your heart right now. You are my child. You are my cherished one. And when I look at you, I feel nothing but delight. Never understood the way a kid could put a smile on the face of a dad. And if you know me, kids always put a smile on my face. I just love them. I think they're amazing. But there's something about the smile that your own puts on your face. It's deeper than any other smile and sometimes there are just no words for it. And that is but a scratch, a speck, a glimpse of the delight that he has for you. So, Father, today, I speak a binding of any father voice that is inconsistent with yours. In the name of Jesus, I just break every generational inheritance of negativity, of woundedness coming down the line of fathers into us. I break the words of shame. I break the words of rejection. I break the feeling of absence. All those things that would empower an orphan spirit, an orphan heart, we break that right now in the name of Jesus. We break it right back through the generational lines and we release cleansing fire right through those generational lines right now in Jesus' name. Cleansing fire. And we say, let your love Pour down on us right now.
let your love pour down on us right now. For some of us, we may never have heard that voice or felt it. And so when it comes, we, we tend to resist it. Because we kind of don't know what to do with it. And if you're feeling some of that, I just want you to say, Father, I don't know how to receive, but teach me. See, there's nothing that the love of a heavenly father, there's nothing that the love of a heavenly father can't cure. There's nothing that the nearness of his heart can't heal. So again, we just release that voice. You are my beloved child, my cherished one. My delight is in you. Just take some time. We're going to sing this song over you. And then if you want to join in a moment as a response, then please feel free. But we don't want you to leave today without hearing that voice of your daddy. because he would rip the heavens open just for you. In the Old Testament, it actually says he dances over you like a madman. Such is his love.